Grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Text for our meditation this evening as we ponder and consider God's gift of repentance. Luke 23, beginning at verse 27. And there followed Jesus a great multitude of the people and of women who were mourning and lamenting for him. But turning to them, Jesus said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren, and the wombs that never bore, and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? So far our text, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, God's gift of repentance. Seems kind of odd and kind of strange to talk about repentance in those terms. Often we think that repentance is something that we do. And yet God's word teaches us quite the opposite. Last night, last week, on Ash Wednesday, we pondered what is repentance. Repentance has two parts. One, that we are sorry for our sins. Contrition, or to be penitent. But to be sorry, really sorry, is not enough. The second part of repentance is to have faith. To be sorry and to have faith. This is repentance. The essence of repentance can never be something that we do, some outward act, some feeling, some emotion, even something as wonderful as prayer or fasting. No. Repentance is a gift of God. Repentance is to be sorry and to have faith. Faith in the one true God and the Savior that he has given us, Jesus, whose life, death, and resurrection has set us free. So tonight, based on God's word, we tackle the question, not what is repentance, but who? Who must repent? Sounds pretty silly, doesn't it? Everybody, of course. But it's more intricate and detailed than that. In our text for tonight, we see Jesus making the journey to Calvary. And as he journeys, there followed him a great multitude of people and of women who were mourning and lamenting for him. 
Jesus came to his own. And his own rejected him. The vast majority rejected him at least. There were some who believed. They believed that he was the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of the living God, the one who was to come into the world. And when they saw what had happened to Jesus, how he had been betrayed, how he had been convicted in a kangaroo court, how he was being led out to be crucified, they couldn't believe their eyes. They couldn't believe the injustice of it all. They cried and they mourned and they lamented for Jesus. My friends, true repentance is not feeling sorry for Jesus. True repentance is not having pity on the spotless Son of God who suffered at the hands of sinners. True repentance is not looking at the world or at the treatment of Jesus and feeling bad and feeling sorry for the lack of justice in the world. We've seen a lot of that over the last year, especially. That's not repentance. That's not what God wants. That's not what God requires of us. Turning to them, Jesus said, daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. Don't worry about the injustice that's happening to me. I know full well what injustice is. I came here knowing that this injustice would happen to me. Oh no, don't feel sorry for me. Don't weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. Who must repent? Everyone. And then Jesus goes on and he gives this prophecy. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. They will begin to say to the mountains, fall on us and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Jesus is predicting what will happen to Jerusalem. Jerusalem will be destroyed. Jerusalem will be burned. Jerusalem will be sacked. Time is short, Jesus says to those who are following. Don't lament the injustice of my treatment. Look in the mirror. Weep for yourselves. Repent. Repent now before it is too late. This whole green wood, dry wood thing seems kind of odd, kind of silly. doesn't seem like it fits. If you have a fireplace, you might be able to relate to this. 
If you've ever had a fire in a fire pit, hopefully in the backyard, or at a campfire, what happens when you try to burn green wood? Or wood that you think is dry, but in reality is green? Doesn't burn, does it? Oh, you might get a little char on one side, you might get a little smoke, but green wood will not burn. Jesus is saying, I'm the green wood. If they do this while the wood is green, what will happen when the wood is dry? Jerusalem without Jesus is nothing but dry wood. Jerusalem without Jesus is nothing but kindling for the fire. It was only a few short years after Jesus said these words that the Roman army under General Titus came and ransacked all of Jerusalem. My friends, Jesus speaks not only to the daughters of Jerusalem, but he speaks to you and me. We hear the passion account. We hear the, the narrative of what happens to Jesus on our behalf. We maybe watch the movie, The Passion of the Christ. And we feel sorry. We feel bad. We have pity on the one who endured so much on our behalf. My friends, Jesus doesn't want your pity. Jesus doesn't need your pity. Jesus wants your repentance. Jesus calls all of us to repent and to believe the good news because Jesus desires all people to be saved and believe that Jesus is the Christ. So, in one respect, who must repent? Everyone. Why? Because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Why? Because there is no one righteous. No, not one. Why? Because the wages of sin is death. God calls everyone to repentance. My friends, we hear that. And when we hear it in those grandiose terms, sometimes we're tempted to think that it misses us as an individual. Who must repent? Well, what does your old Adam or old Eve say? I'll tell you what it says. Who must repent? You must repent. You must repent. We love to catch other people in their sin. We love to call other people to account. We love to call to repentance you. 
Doesn't matter who that you is. Husband, wife, mom, dad, son, daughter, co-worker, neighbor, fellow church member, pastor, parishioner, doesn't matter. We love it. We love it. Because then the focus of the law is on someone else. You need to repent. Let's be honest. We know how good it feels when somebody else is caught in sin. Where's the spotlight? It's not on me. And so we're safe. Or we think we're safe. My friends, don't fall for this you must repent nonsense. Of course, everyone must repent. But that includes me. Me. Chief of sinners, though I be. This is what God's word teaches us. God's word teaches us that each one of us individually needs to look into the mirror. We have a lot of talk in our world today about corporate sin or corporate guilt or the sin of our ancestors or some other such nonsense. There is nothing about that, nothing like that in God's Word. Repentance and God's call to repentance is for the individual. Don't worry. Don't worry about you. Worry about me. My friends, we don't have to be afraid of God's call to repentance. God calls me to repent in the same exact way that he calls each of us to repent. He calls us to look into the mirror of God's law and to see where we have fallen short. He calls us to examine our lives, not just our outward actions, but our thoughts, our words, our deeds, our motivations. In light of his word, and to come clean. That's contrition. But not only to come clean, to hear those sweet words of forgiveness that only the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus can bring. My son, my daughter, your sins are forgiven, full and free, no strings attached. This is what God desires. He doesn't want us running around self-justifying our own actions by pointing out the sins of others. No, he wants us to be free, really free in the forgiveness of sins. We sang it just a few moments ago. Could my zeal no respite know? Could my tears forever flow all for sin could not atone 
Thou must save and thou alone. No matter how zealous you are for your religion, no matter how many tears you cry over the injustices of this world, it could go on forever. It still wouldn't be enough. But take heart, my friends. You don't have to do anything. That hymn continues, Nothing in my hand I bring, Simply to thy cross I cling. Forgiveness full and free is yours in and through Jesus Christ. Repentance is not something that we avoid or fear. Repentance is something that we embrace. Because it is life. Life everlasting. Jesus' words in our text came true. Jerusalem was sacked. Not one stone left on another. Burned to the ground like dry wood. And out of the ashes arose a new city, a new Jerusalem, the Holy Christian Church. This city, built on the death and resurrection of Jesus, can never be destroyed. My friends, that's our city. That's our home. That's our life. Who must repent? Me. Thanks be to God for his gift of repentance. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our repentance. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.